0: Well, good morning. Hey, if you have a Bible with you and you want to follow along, I'm going to give you two passages of Scripture. Um, We're going to start with Matthew chapter 1 over in the New Testament, and then we are also going to look at Psalm 84 uh, over in the Old Testament. If you're new, would you please, please, please introduce yourself to me after the service? I love to meet new people and um, especially do me a favor and say I'm new so I don't sit there and act like I've known you for the last five years and I embarrass both of us. Um, I love to meet new people. Hey, random question. How many of you had... a uh, pretty good week. Pretty good. All right, a lot of you. How many of you had a week that you're going, oh boy, I really would rather not relive that week. Is there anyone that would raise your hand? Yeah. Anyone else? Yep. Um, before the first service, I asked uh, one of my friends, David Jess, I said, so how would your week go? And he kind of surprised me because he's like, Dude, my week was awesome. And that's not, you know, that's not the typical response I get. My week was awesome. Is there anyone here that had an absolutely awesome week? Let me see your hand. Raise. Yes, 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 yes. Connie, can I embarrass you? Or Donna, can I embarrass you? Sorry, I I know you're Donna. We don't do this a lot because sometimes people get up and say really strange things. Do you care to take 30 seconds and tell us why you're glad to be back here? You're not going to leave the church because I embarrassed you, are you? Okay. So Donna, you've had a really good week. Uh, how, many, how many just had a week? <laughs> you know, kind of like the kids these days say, meh, nah, meh, yeah, meh. Nah. All right, I'll get to preaching. Um, this morning we're going to look at a big churchy word, but it's a powerful word. If you grew up in church, maybe you've heard it. If you haven't grown up in church, maybe you haven't heard it. If you grew up in church, maybe you haven't heard it. Um, the word incarnation, incarnation. We're going to look at that word this morning. It means that God became flesh, God dwelt among us. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him, what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. God incarnate, right? Incarnation. God with us. Emmanuel. I want to talk about that word. Um, you see, it's easy to believe that, you know, for those of you who are r- able to raise your hand and say, man, I've had an awesome week. It's easy to experience the presence of God during these awesome weeks when you're on a mountaintop, right? Uh, when you get good news, when you get a raise, when, when your baby finally sleeps through the night um, for the first time, or when your baby stays in the nursery For the first time, the entire, right? I was talking to my friends this morning um, who have a baby in the nursery, and they said, Man, about 10, 15 minutes, about all he can last. And, you know, there's gonna come that day when it'll be the entire time. But, you know, it's easy to experience God in these times. Um, When you go to the mall um, to do Christmas shopping, anybody like to Christmas shop in the mall? Let me see. Or a Christmas shop anywhere, raise your hand. Uh, well, very few of you. What you, oh, you're online, people, right? Or are you just Grinches? Grinches? How many Grinches do we have? Uh. Um, I'm a mall person, man. I like to go where the people are, the food is, the the parties happening, lights and stuff. And so when I pull up at the mall, um, and there's a parking spot close to the front, I'm like, wow, it's obviously the presence of God is with me, right, (laughs) in this moment. Um, But it's more difficult to sense his presence, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us, when we're in the valley, um, when things aren't going your way. It's more difficult to realize the presence of God when you're hurting, when you're in pain, when you're feeling alone, when you're worried, when you're afraid, when you're dealing with depression, whatever it is. Um, but this morning, I want to talk to you about the God of the valley. Um, scripture, any time a valley is mentioned in Scripture, typically it means one of a couple things. Uh, it can mean it's the place where battles often took place, right? Um, they had battle in whatever valley. Um, uh, scripture often refers to the valley as um, a season of depression, a season of loneliness. Uh, uh, the valley represented seasons of despair, right? But also, valleys are a time of growth as well. What's interesting is that I enjoy God on the mountaintop, but I Really get to know God in the valley. And I've been there. I, I enjoy God on the mountaintop, but I really experience God in the valley. Um, if you turn over back to the Old Testament, the Psalm 84, the other passage I gave you, I want to talk about the valley for a moment and the fact that God incarnate or God Emmanuel is with us. Chapter 84, beginning with verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of, the, of Baca, everybody say that with me, it's kind of fun, Baca. Uh, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God and Zion. Now, I, I want to work through that a minute. What's the valley of Baca. Um, it's most likely related to a tree because it's spelled very similarly Um, and this particular tree has sap that just constantly oozes out of it and so when you would walk by the tree it would almost look as if the tree was crying Um, the valley of Baca is translated in a number of ways in scripture it's called the valley of tears the valley of Weeping, it's called the Valley of Loss, okay? And, and so when we, when we read about the valley in, in Scripture, you know, a lot of times it's a very dangerous place. There would be thorns and there would be treachery and there would be uh, scary wild animals like probably like vicious cats, like Satan's favorite animal, Right? I'm just kidding, kind of, for those of you who are cat lovers, okay? (laughs) Um, There would be people waiting to rob you. In fact, it's very difficult to get through the valley without something bad happening. So go back to verse 5. I want to work down through this Psalm 84 for a minute as we think about the concept Emmanuel, God with us. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Now, if you're here this morning or watching online under the sound of my voice and you're not a follower of Christ, there are times in your life where you say I'm overwhelmed, I I and we all say this whether you're a follower of Christ or not. There are times in our lives where we say I'm overwhelmed, I'm I'm at a loss, I don't have any more strength, I, I don't have what it takes. We all say that, but the difference that separates those who are Christian and those who are not, if you're not a Christian, when you say, I, I don't have any more, this is all I have, it's taking all, um, you're exactly right, right? Because if you're not a Christian, you're on your own. Um, you're not a Christian and you go, I don't have what it takes, that's right, because you really don't have what it takes. Um, but for those who are followers of Christ, we have strength that goes beyond our strength. It's outside of ourself. It's beyond our own. Uh, we have access to a heavenly strength. We, we get to the end of our strength, and then there's more strength. And then there's more strength, like psalm says we go from strength to strength to strength those who are dependent upon god Um, because our journey in life is ultimately going to bring us to some mountaintops it's going to bring us to some valleys all of us whether you're a christian or not okay Um, when we come to know the lord he doesn't take away our pain our heartache our grief our pain or disappointment what he does for those who are followers of Christ is that he teaches us to be dependent on him and his strength when we're in those valleys, right? Um, I don't know how people who are not Christians make it through life without God's strength. I, I cannot imagine the stuff that they go through, that we all go through, but they don't have the strength, the resource. That we have. But but the good news is this you don't have to go through life that way, right? Because Emmanuel, God is what? He's with us. Listen to what God said to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12:9. But but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power, not my power, Christ's power may rest on me. So if you're a follower of Christ and you're in the midst of a valley, which by the way, uh, for many people, these holidays are like the highlight of the year, right? I, I love Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. and But, you know, the other side of the coin is that this is the time of year that when you've Maybe lost a loved one sometime or through death or through a relationship loss or some kind of pain or whatever. It just seems like this time of year also emphasizes that aloneness, right? Um, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. You know, we're, we're so caught up in our own strength. We're so caught up in pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. You know, in the, the philosophy of the world, if you're depending on someone else, that means you're what? You're weak, but that's not the kingdom principle. It's not about my own strength. It makes me think of the young guy who, he was a construction worker. We have any construction workers out there? Let me see, raise your hands. One, okay, good, good, good. We need a few more. Um, a lot of construction going on out there, but it reminds me of the young stru- construction guy. He was the strongest guy on the job, I mean, and he was not afraid to let everybody know. He's just, you know, like this 25, 30-year-old guy that was just in his prime, and he was just, he was just really proud of how any feat of strength he could beat anybody else on the construction site, and he especially made fun of this one older construction worker by the name of Morris. Um, obviously Morris wasn't as strong as him. He was much older and been through much of life. And, and so finally Morris, this older construction wor- worker, got tired of this young kid bragging about how strong he was and, he, and Morris said to the kid, he said, all right, let's put your money where your mouth is. Morris says, I bet that I can haul something in this wheelbarrow over to that outbuilding that you are not going to be able to haul back. And that young kid says, so you're going to put something in that wheelbarrow, haul it over to that building that I'm not going to be able to wheel back. And Morris said, that's right, and I'll bet a week's wages. And that young kid says, you are on. So Morris grabs the handles of that wheelbarrow, and he looks up at that young guy and he says, get in. <laughs> you know, we're so proud of our own strength and what we can accomplish. But the Bible, it, the text doesn't say, blessed are those who make it on their own. It doesn't say, blessed are those who pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. It doesn't say, blessed are those who are determined. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, Right. Um, verse 5 what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have their minds on a pilgrimage set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem you see as Christians we are on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem we're just passing through Um, what does that mean we might be in a valley right now But this is not, this valley is not our destination. We are passing through um, to the city of refuge, a place of peace. Um, We have to travel so often through the valley of tears, the valley of sorrow, the valley of loss, the valley of Baca, in order to get to the city of peace, in order to get to the city of refuge. But the good news that we're talking about this morning is this, God incarnate, Emmanuel means what? God's with us. And then check out the next phrase uh, in that same translation of that verse. It says this, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Everybody say, my mind is set, set. all right, Uh, what you think about matters. Uh, Paul, uh, the apostle, said to the Colossian believers in Colossians 3, he said, set your what? Your minds on things above, not earthly things. And then listen to what he said to the Philippian believers. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure uh, or right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what's he say? Thank about these things. You see, because where you are, whether you're on a mountaintop, whether you're in a valley, whether you're somewhere in between, where you are is one thing. What you think about is another. Uh, what you think about matters. Uh, your current situation might be in a valley, but your mind can be still be set on the promises of God, right? Uh, you may currently be in a valley, but it, your emotions may be all over the place. Y- your, your heart may be racing, but but guess what? Emmanuel, God with, us. God with us. You know, there might be too much to do, or, or maybe you have in-laws that are pressuring you to move your family Christmas time, that sacred time to another day or hour or whatever for your family Christmas gathering. And maybe you're wondering how you're going to pay for Christmas and all this stuff. And there may be real tragedies in the valley that you're going through. But my mind is set on what we sang about just a moment ago, the goodness of God. He's with me. He's for me. He's greater than the one who's in me is greater than the one who's in the world, period. Uh, when I can't make it, his power is very real. I may be in a valley, but my mind is set on the good things of God. My mind is set on the kingdom of God. My mind is set on Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate. I'm going to a place of peace. I may be in the valley right now, but... And, and can I say this? I know that in a, in a crowd this size, there are some folks who are going through the valley. Some of you even raised your hand and said, man, this has been a tough week. Or maybe a tough month or a tough year or whatever. So, those of you who are able to raise your hand go, man, my week has been going incredible. You know, I, I don't want to be a prophet of doom here, but you will be in a valley before long. We, we all need this, okay? You just may not be in it right now. Read on. Verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. So, we're in the valley right now, but the valley is not our final what? The valley is not the final destination. We're just passing through. Uh, the valley is not my home right now. I'm just passing through. I, I'm journeying to a place of peace. And God's going to get me through this, the valley of Baca, um, Psalm 23 of, very familiar passage of scripture in verse 4 says, David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or another translation says the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil for you are what? You are with me. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, in 2022, we don't have to do a lot of physical traveling through dark, dangerous valleys, right but we understand it from a metaphorical sense because we we experience physical suffering we experience chronic pain we experience loss we experience sorrow we we might face some persecution at work or at school or in our culture or whatever we might go through some emotional valleys of despair or fear or doubt we we We'll experience temptation from within and without. And it can feel like we're all alone when we're in the Valley of Baca. But the good news is, Emmanuel, God is with us. I may be in a valley, but I'm, I'm just passing through. I may be in a difficult place, but God is going to get me through this. I, I may be hurting right now, but God's going to help me. I may be in a dark place right now, but God's going, this, this, this Valley of Baca is not my destination I don't know about for you but for me when I'm going through the valley I so desperately want to pray God get me out of here take me out of this and what we've got to realize is that God will often show us the way through the valley but not out of the valley and and there's a difference does that make sense God will often show us a way through the valley, not out of the valley, and there's a big difference. I'm just passing through. Keep reading. Verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The King James Version says it this way, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. In other words, when you are in the valley, when you're in a dry, desolate place, what are we to do? We are to dig a well, to clear a, a hole as a container in anticipation for the provision of the blessings, the showers of blessings that God is going to send our way. God hasn't sent it yet. It's dry right now, but, and maybe you're hurting or, or whatever. But he's saying, even in the midst of that, I, I dig a well because I anticipate, I know, that God's going to provide. hasn't rained yet, but I know my God will provide. And so I proactively, in a step of faith, I dig a well in anticipation for the power and the presence of God. You know, because sometimes reality is, God says, show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. Uh, Jesus really went In many ways by the same philosophy in the New Testament remember there was a man that he had a his hand was shriveled up in it and Jesus was there to bring healing to him Jesus didn't just look at the guy and go you're healed what did he tell the guy to do he told the guy to stretch out his hand in other words you dig the well you show me your faith and then I'll show you my faithfulness. Um, there was another guy in the New Testament didn't walk for thirty-eight years of his life, and uh, Jesus didn't just look at the guy and go, "You're healed." Jesus said, "Take up your mat, get up, walk." In other words, sh- show me your faith, and I'll show you my faithfulness. Um, And someone here this morning under the sound of my voice might, maybe you're in a position where you're in a valley, you're in this dry spot, you're in this place of desolation and yet God is going, just dig the well, dig the well in anticipation, show me your faith, I'll show you my faithfulness. Um, There may be someone here who hasn't experienced the presence of God for a long time and you need to dig that well. Well and say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to wait for your presence. I'm going to believe you to provide. If you dig it, he'll fill it. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. James at 4.8 says, Come near to God and he will, what? Come near to you. All right, so let's look at our Psalm 84 again. As they pass through the valley of Vaca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion, they go from strength to strength. It's not your strength, it's not my strength, it's his strength. Psalm 73 says this, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is what? The strength of my heart and my portion forever. I go from strength to strength to strength. They go, I go, we go from a little bit of strength to more strength to more strength. Some of us from back in the day, we refer to this as grace-sufficient. How many have ever heard that phrase before, grace-sufficient? Grace-sufficient is simply God gives me the strength as I need it. Not before, not after, when I need it. God gives me the wisdom. God gives me the grace as i need it and it's interesting you'll have others going around you going how are you walking through this valley and you're 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 keeping the joy because they're not the ones receiving the grace sufficient they're not the ones receiving the strength you are because you're the one that's going through it and god is saying i will give you grace sufficient right here right now we praise him on the mountaintops we get to know him in the valley we praise God on the mountaintops, we experience God in the valley. In the middle of your weakness, God is your strength. In the middle of your darkness, God is your light, the light of your path. In, in your season of trouble and despair, God is your joy. When you're in pain, he is your comforter. But the good news is this, even though we're in the valley, some of you are there right now, some of you maybe were there in the recent past, some of you maybe you'll be there just around the corner because that's just life, right? But, but we don't have to fear because Emmanuel, God, is with us, God incarnate. Never once did God say you, you would avoid all valleys once you become a Christian. But what he did promise is that he would be with us, whether we're on the mountaintop, the valley, anywhere in between. Emmanuel, God incarnate, God with us. Matthew 1, let's look at it again. It was our very first verse. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, here's how I want to continue in worship this morning. I I purposefully want us to have just an extended time of focusing on prayer. Okay, and I have some some ministers if you're here with us, if you'll go ahead and come on up front, um, a couple of you. Um, And we're gonna invite you to just come and let one of these folks pray for you. Um, we we uh, do this occasionally, we have anointing oil. There's nothing mystical about anointing oil, there's nothing weird about it. Just in scripture, the oil that we use represents the spirit of God, okay? And there might be some of you right now that you're in a valley and you need prayer, it's a physical issue, it's a spiritual issue, it's a financial issue, it's a relational issue, it's a whatever you fill in the gap. It's a kid issue, it's a parent issue, it's a spouse issue, it's a employee or employer issue, whatever. Um, God says, boldly come to the throne. Bring your request to me. See, we know that God knows what's going on in our life. Why, why do we need to mention it to God? You know, God, this is where I'm hurting. This is where I'm scared. This is what's going on. We, we know God knows, but here's the thing. God wants us to talk to him about it. God wants us to bring it to him. God wants us to show him our faith in confessing our need because if we don't do that, how do we even know when God answers prayer, right? And so God says, reach out your hand. God says, take up your mat. And a way we do that is by doing things like coming forward and praying and just saying, I need someone to pray for me in this area of my life. And even if you're brand new to the church, listen, there's nothing scary about this. It's just someone praying for you, praying with you. Or if there's someone here and you're not a Christian, If there's someone here that says, boy, I have been relying on my own strength, I have been relying on my own power, I have been relying on my own whatever, you fill in the blank, but this morning I want to receive Jesus into my heart. Man, come forward and just let one of these folks know this and they'll pray with you regarding that as well. But let's just worship together and I'm going to invite you to stand. Lord, have your way in this moment. Help us just to sense your presence. Help us, Lord, to show you our faith. In this moment, Father, as we just spend some time in prayer and all God's people said, amen.
1: I swore speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break.
0: Is it God good? Amen. Amen. I'm here in just a moment. I'm going to dismiss this, but if anyone wants to else wants to come forward and pray, we'd be happy to pray with you. Hey, and just before I pray with you, would you make it a point to invite your unsaved friends and family to our Christmas Eve service? It's, it's going to be one hour, if that. Um, just before or after dinner, we have two services, depending on which one you come to, and It's a time when a lot of your friends and family that don't go to church, they will actually go to church on Christmas Eve, and so invite them, bring them, we'd love to have them. Uh, But let me pray with you. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your faithfulness. Emmanuel, God, with us. Lord, there may be some who didn't come forward for one reason or another, but they need they need that assurance in their heart that you are with them. Lord would you help them as well Lord there may be someone who is on the mountaintop right now but just down the road is a corner they're going to turn and they're, they're going to be in that valley of Maca Lord I just pray that you would remind them of this moment thank you Father for your grace your grace sufficient and all God's people said Hey man, you are dismissed. Thanks for being with us.